Jesus fucks. Get ready for the miracle of Mega, a comedy podcast from the staff of a fictional mega church. And, and not only does he fuck, but he's the best at it. I'm Holly Loren. And I'm Greg Hess. Our characters, Holly and Gray, welcome a new guest each week, played by some of the biggest names in comedy and podcasting. Like Scott Ackerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, Cecily Strong, and Duncan Trussell. I just love to think about that the light shining down on all those corpses in the water and Noah just going by and maybe maybe a mom being like, please, we're running out of energy. Can you please let us on the boat? It's completely improvised, and it's devilishly funny. Is there any question you have for us about, you know, what it means to live a life in Christ? I guess, how much do you think is bullshit? There's a new episode every Sunday. Listen and subscribe to Mega, wherever you get your podcasts. Best I ever had. Best I Y'all can do it. Y'all can do it. Y'all sing along. We you know what I'm saying? Go, Jesus, you the best. Jesus, you're the best. You to be the best. Jesus, you're Jesus, the best. You're the be- okay, best never mind. Best I ever had. Best wow. I ever had. The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that's dismantling new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They dive deep into current events such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I highly recommend you check out Conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the Magaverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism. And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it. I, I do. They're, they're fascinating. And my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven science. Science? And, and if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take. Proven yep. science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that. From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, it's our special Thanksgiving movie review show. Welcome to that show where Paula and I watch the original of a film and let you know whether you should go see the sequel. Tonight, Rambo Last Blood. Yes, we're talking about the fifth installment of the action series starring and written by Sylvester Stallone. To assess whether you should see the sequel, Paula and I will sit down and watch Rambo, which was actually the second film in the series. We've got our critical flamethrowers locked, loaded, and ready to fire. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to keep this podcast on mission by training our topical tank fire on the intended target. And now, please welcome the woman whose conversational battle tactics are always spray and pray, Paula Poundstone! And thank you to our house band, Chellis Longo Chu. Longo, that sounds great. Thank you, Longo. I'm just going to call an audible and say, can you come back next week and play the fiddle? 
All right. Excellent. Paula, um, this is our Thanksgiving show. Yes. But we didn't promote it that way. No. That is because our crack statistical staff has noticed that when we promote a show as a holiday show, people don't download it as much. Why? That is just weird. It is weird. weird. I'm not sure it's true even. Well, I don't know if we have enough... Yeah, I don't know if we have enough data points. Well, it's not even the question of data points. And you're right, because we've had like two holiday shows at this point. Yeah. But also our crack statistical staff is your manager and our producer, Captain Crinkle, Bonnie Burns. Yeah, there's no there's no numbers she can't crunch. <laughs> that's exactly right. But that's not, not to say she crunches them correctly. I think when the fir- when the show first dropped, she just waltzed by you and grabbed a bag of Doritos. Did she? I didn't she even did. notice that. She did. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yes, Bonnie. Bonnie sit down. <laughs> Captain Crinkle's here. Oh my God. You know she's planning for Thanksgiving on leaving the turkey on the front porch, not answering the front door, <laughs> and hoping the first relative to show up doesn't take the whole thing. Yeah. That's probably yeah, and that sounds that's a, that's sound approach as far as I'm concerned. You know, I asked her. Remember, she was wondering method. what to do on Halloween, yeah. and we never really followed up with her because then we would have had to let her talk. But um, <laughs> she was wondering what to do because she didn't want to come to the door, and, and she didn't want to leave a bucket of candy out for the kids because those little bastards steal it. But she didn't yeah. want those little angels to not get their candy. <laughs> Bundle of contradictions was Bonnie. Yeah. Um, so I asked her earlier, and um, uh, 15 minutes later, the answer was nearly complete. That she uh, what <laughs> what she did on on Halloween was was turn off all the lights in her house and let the kids go hungry. Yeah. No, you know what she didn't tell you? She left a sign-up sheet. She asked each kid to leave their email. <laughs> and a brief description of the candy they, uh, yeah, they took. That they, yeah, that they wanted, and then she yeah. would send it to them. So uh, it is her, her statistical analysis that when we bill something as a holiday show, people for some reason are like, oh, I don't want to listen to a holiday show. Yeah. Um, I suggested that maybe on the weeks when holiday shows come out, People are with their families and less likely to download a podcast, and that hurts our initial numbers for any given show. That that, that could be, yeah. She just kind of crinkled aggressively at me when I suggested yeah. that. So I mean, I'm I, not, not going to raise it more. We're not billing this. <laughs> yes. Thank you for the audio aid as to what crinkling sounds like, Bonnie. Yeah. Boy, she is. Yeah. She's, as they say about her, off on a crinkle. Yeah, she's <laughs> off on a crinkle. Now, Paula, we went ahead and watched Rambo. Oh, did we ever? We did. Last we night, Rambo you came to- in Adam's backyard, freezing my ass off. Now, it really wasn't freezing ass off temperatures. I will say at the end, by the end of the movie, it was uh, 60 degrees. Uh, precisely. Uh, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it well, was. Wasn't I'm kidding. Freezing it wasn't ass off. No, but- I, I, you know, I brought a blanket and gloves and a scarf. And, yeah. And was- a down... Uh, sleeping bag. It was, a gr- it was a great ensemble. And I, I was in a pup tent. I didn't really see most of the movie. No, no, you didn't. But I, yeah. I did. And, I was and- in a pup tent. I was <laughs> at a cook stove. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was fantastic. Well, so we were. We wanted to watch a Rambo that would prepare everybody for the home release of of Rambo: Last Blood. Very clever title, which uh, which which came out um, in September and is coming just about the time you're hearing this. It's 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 making ready to come to your home, and we wanted oh, to review boy. an earlier Rambo movie yeah. to let people know. Now we didn't. I wa- had never seen any Rambo movies before, and I had been blessed with seeing. But let me just say, I had them. wisely not seen any Rambo movies before. Yes, uh, 
But we did choose two for a reason. Yeah. It was the most successful and iconic of the franchise because um, I'll give a brief summary of one and you'll Would see. You? We'll see. And then I'll give you a slightly less brief summary of two and then we can get flying off on our review. Um, okay. So to sum up First Blood, John Rambo, a Vietnam vet, gets harassed and abused by a local sheriff in the Pacific Northwest, played by Brian Dennehy. Um, but soon we learn that John Rambo was a Green Beret and a particularly badass one at that. He escapes and becomes a one-man army, outwitting the police and National Guard before finally surrendering to his former commanding officer, Colonel Sam Taubman. Richard Crenna. Yes, was that, that was Richard Crenna, right? Was, yeah. So we didn't watch that movie because that no. movie was thought of as a pretty good movie at the time. I'm mm-hmm. not sure it would hold up. Mm-hmm. But it was like it was like the sort of like army of one Vietnam vet, a lot mm-hmm. of monologues about how mean we were to veterans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rambo uh, First Blood Part Two is a very different kind of movie, which kind of defined the rest of the franchise. I'm not sure that it was a very different kind of movie, but well, I don't, I don't know anymore. My guess is you could take any clip if you could isolate uh, Sylvester Stallone in any of these movies, and it looks the exact same. Probably he looks the exact same, but mm-hmm. my memory of First Blood is that he tried not to kill people. Oh, I see. Well, he's given that up for the second. (laughs) He swore that off for Lent. During the Lent, yes, it was 36 hours of Lent. Uh, exactly. So here's here's the second movie, and then then we'll we'll review it. Okay. Okay. So in 1985 comes this uh, curiously titled Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Or, as I like to call it, Second Blood. It opens in a prison camp where convicted domestic terrorist John Rambo is breaking rocks. His former commanding officer, Colonel Sam Taubman, appears and asks Rambo if he'd like to get a get-out-of-jail-free card in exchange for a mission to go back to Vietnam and find American POWs. And after a period of consideration and soul-searching that lasts about 2.5 seconds, Rambo agrees, asking plaintively, Do we get to win this time, sir? Uh, so now, yeah. see, now it's personal. Yeah, that was very touching yeah, when, yeah. You, when you said that. It's personal now. Yeah. So seconds later, we're in Southeast Asia where Marshal Murdoch, the other, the obviously evil bureaucrat in charge of the mission, explains that Rambo is to be inserted into Nam alone, where he is to find a f- prison camp, photograph the prisoners without engaging the enemy, and rendezvous at the extraction point. Well, neither side holds up their end of the bargain. Rambo finds and rescues an American POW, which prompts Murdoch, who wanted Rambo to find nothing, to abandon Rambo at the extraction point, at which point he's captured. Captured by the Vietnamese, so now it's personal. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's really personal. Yeah. So then he's questioned and tortured by some Russians, because this was 1985 and evil things didn't happen without Russians, but he escapes, kills scads of Russians and Vietnamese, decides he's in love with his guide, um, Ko Bao. He kisses her and then watches her get machine gunned to death literally seconds later. Um, so if it wasn't personal enough before, now it's like double now dog it's re- personal. Then he ties an amulet from her yeah. around, that, that she was wearing. He ties it around his own exactly. neck. Exactly. So now and it's that inspires really him to kill more uh, Vietnamese. Yes, and so what happens is he commandeers a helicopter and single-handedly wipes out the Vietnamese, the Russians, and more or less the entire sure Geneva I call Convention. This a summary. Yeah, no, well, I'm trying to do it. Yeah, he uh, then returns this home is with more five. Than novella. This is the novella he, that he gets released. Returns, well, the thing is, when we review movies, we almost never get to the plot because somebody is highly digressive. So we decided as a team that we should just summarize the plot. I wasn't on that team. Okay, so he returns. <laughs> He returns home with five American POWs, purchased for the low, low price of about 300 Vietnamese and Russian lives. Uh, back at the base, he beats the living shit out of both Murdoch and his room full of computers, wanders off into cinematic history, bound for nowhere, but inspiring a nation of young males in the 80s to believe fervently in the simple, patriotic, self-evident power of anabolic steroids. You know, I have to make a correction. Yes. He doesn't beat up Murdoch. He slams him to the ground. 
No, he, on a desk. He, Slams he him to the bends desk. Bends him over backwards on a desk. That's a little beady and then he put, it's, That's not beats the fuck out. No. no. And then he puts a knife down like beside his head. And says, go find the other ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he didn't. In fact, I was dissatisfied with, I wanted Murdoch to get beaten up. All right. In many ways, it's Rocky goes to Nam. Uh, <laughs> in fact, the, the unnamed Vietnamese enemies, and it's true, none of the Vietnamese had like names mm-hmm. or they were just sort of amorphous. Like They, they barely spoke if at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was one scene where one Vietnamese shouted to the other, uh, Lucky, Lucky, when they saw uh, Stallone. Lucky, Lucky? <laughs> lucky, Lucky. Lucky, Lucky? Lucky, Lucky. What do you think they were saying? Rocky, Rocky. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. I didn't get that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I don't I didn't think remember. it was a challenging film for uh, Sylvester Stallone because he had very few lines. He had to, almost to no lines, and yeah. I remember that as being very different little. from First Blood, yeah. the first was, movie. The first thing he did on the mission, by the way, was jump out of the airplane wrong. Yeah, uh, that was know. a little weird, wasn't it? It was a little weird. He's so uh, he, he, like he it. like tripped over his own shoelace or something and yeah. ended up and strapped did, to the side of the plane. Yeah, he didn't do that right. Yeah, uh, then, then he, he had to cut himself loose, but away from all his high tech yeah. equipment. Fortunately, he has these knives. He carries these knives, an unending supply of knives. Yeah, he has a lot of um, knives. It's like that company that high school kids sometimes work for, where they <laughs> have uh, people come over and they demonstrate the knives to them, and and it's like your aunt or your uncle, and they feel really bad, and so they buy a knife. Uh, right, but these were the generally not cooking knives or steak knives. These were like serious, hardcore, serrated combat, you know, twisted in the body and take out their chitlins kind of knives. Yeah, these were very severe. Yeah. Uh, not, he had them all over the place. He, you know, he had them in holsters and uh, all strapped to his body. A lot of knives. Um, right in the after he comes off of the airplane and they're like, he's dead, he's dead. The people back at the uh, mission control there. Oh, he's got to be dead. I can't be, you know, he has to be dead to have come out of that airplane like that. He's got to be dead. But in fact, he's not dead. Turns out. And he goes to meet... Uh, his the operative that he's supposed to meet up with to go on this mission. Right, and she turns out to be a she. It turns out it's a girl. And yeah. uh, uh, not only a girl, but a beautiful woman with water-resistant makeup. Yes, she did have that. <laughs> she had eyeshadow that wouldn't quit. Yeah, and she was He was the, very we're... shiny. He was shiny the entire time. You know, it had a lot to... It, it really reminded me, if you remember, you might remember, we watched Predator together. Yes, I do remember watching Predator. That was a great movie. It was a terrible movie. <laughs> it was well, a horrible movie. Yeah, what it had in common with um, with this movie is, is that, that it was a piece of shit. Yeah, that. But there was other things that were happening in it. In that there was just there was that, a lot of moving palm leaves around uh, and banana and uh, sweaty, muscly and, guys. Yeah, a lot of it's, everyone glistened. Everyone glistened they, a lot. They glistened. Yeah, there was a lot of glistening, except for from her. She had a like a you know a powder makeup. Well, she was on. A, she was a you know she, she was didn't beautiful. glisten. Yeah, she didn't glisten. She uh, glowed. Yeah, no, it was, she, it was glowing uh, versus glistening. She, I think was you know, thing. she was supposed to be a Vietnamese, but she had very little accent. Um, the only way you could tell that you know she was uh, the nod to Vietnamese was that she didn't use articles. Yes, so she would say like, "You shoot gun." Yeah, <laughs> that was that was you know kind of you that was, flew in plane, Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> That was that was kind of and and you noticed that and you I once you pointed right out to me I couldn't not hear it in yeah. that she didn't seem to have any accent at all and they just kind of removed articles and stuff to make her sound like she was yeah. um you know 
I guess more ex- more Vietnamese than she really was, and I yeah. looked her up, Paula. You did after yes, after after you you uh, brought because you had up. kind of a thing for her like that. No, kind no, no, of no, no, no. I up? wanted to follow up and do like some. You're, dude- you're a stalker or something? What do you mean you no, looked her up? No, I, that's got to be uncomfortable for her. I mean, that's that's absolutely not. Yeah. Um, she, uh, she was uh, she was she did speak perfect English. In fact, she was she was educated at a, at an American school. She was living in Hawaii. You know, she married David Soul in the seventies. Um, she had her name. I, I'd have to look it up somewhere. But do, do we have it somewhere? She married David Soul in Seattle uh, when he starred in uh, uh, the what was it? Here come the brides. Did she? You're just making that up. Yeah, I am just making that up. Adam. Yes. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And the sixth one has start a podcast. If that's you, <laughs> make 2024 the year you finally checked learn a language off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. Don't do it. Or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And Paula, I got to say, I really appreciate the whole like getting phrases that are important to know in that language right away, like how to order food, how to ask for directions, how to speak to merchants. And I really dig more than that, the speech recognition technology, because even if some of our listeners think that I have a weird cadence when I am attempting to speak Spanish, (laughs) I am am speaking it well enough for the Babbel app to understand what I'm saying, at least when I do it right, like this. Listen to this. Adios, Carlos. Ya te vas. Si, es tarde. Entonces, buenas noches. Hasta pronto. I don't think you have a weird cadence. I think it sounds great. Thank you. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Yikes. And their football team is fantastic. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Is there some kind of special? Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription. Wow. But only for our listeners at babbel.com slash nobody. If I'm not mistaken, Paula, that is 55% off at babbel.com slash nobody. The one spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com, and then you just add a slash and the word nobody, and it's 55% off? Yeah. Wow. Rules and restrictions may apply. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adios. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix Mattress. I've had it for 
almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online? Don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and... Two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but (laughs) you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey guys, it's Adam, and tonight is January 3rd, and I am picking Giannis Antetokounmpo to score less than 36 points, and James Harden to score more than 16. Why? Because I like beards. Am I putting a lot of money on this? I am not, because I'm not really a gambler, but I am having a lot of fun with prize picks. Prize picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, who I would lose to, you pick more or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in, or in my case, not. So I don't bet a lot. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo of three points made, plus receptions. Do I get that? Kind of a little bit. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. So, it's like an insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. And then drop by and see how I did with the Greek freak and Harden again on January 3rd. My hopes are not that high. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. In this movie, she had a classic line, of course, that everyone remembers. Only a pig would say that Vietnamese guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is, of course, a callback to um, to uh, uh, Rocky, the greatest yeah. Thanksgiving movie of all time. Yeah, her name was Julia Nixon. Julia Nixon. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah not not really. Yeah, yeah she wasn't. She yeah. wasn't pulled off the streets of Saigon and asked if she wanted to pl- to play somebody. You know, his role. She was. She was David Soul's wife. Yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. give up on uh, this you know, just, you know, it's acting. But she, yeah, they didn't do a good job making her sound as if English were her second language. No, um, uh, they made it sound like she just hated certain parts of speech. 
Yeah, doesn't yeah. use articles at all, yeah. no matter what. Maybe um, there's, there's an interesting character history there. We didn't really get the history of any characters in this movie. One of the things we noticed was that the bureaucrat in charge of the mission, the guy that I wish had been beaten up at the end, because he was a dastardly character. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was named he was, Murdoch. He was only concerned with keeping costs down. Uh, and he kept taking his glasses on and off. This was an important part of his acting. Yeah, when people couldn't hear him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, he right. would say, what? And he would take his glasses off. Oh, so he could hear yeah, better when, without yeah, his glasses. Exactly. He yeah. found. Uh, yeah, I think that was like a, a technique. It's it's hard to tell when his vision, what the vision problem was. Yeah. You know, I think they, like they you were can't probably tell, reading is glasses. Is nearsighted, yeah. nearsighted or farsighted? I yeah, can't I tell. It wasn't really very clear. Yeah, yeah. What was clear, and I think maybe you would have identified with this aspect of the movie, is Technology is one of the bad guys in this movie. Yes, which, by the way, I couldn't figure that out either. So there is this sort of uh, clearly, uh, Lockie is this sort of one man military. <laughs> You're really going with Lockie for this, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, he's this one man military, and he. Um, and the computers at headquarters, Murdoch's headquarters, have determined that the only guy who can do this mission. Is, right, they told him that in the Rambo. beginning. The computer chose him. Yes. Uh, he's, the computer determined he was the only guy who could do Which, but, by the way, if it, we soon learn that Murdoch doesn't want this mission to be successful, wouldn't he tell the computer to not choose an army of one? I think that there was some... Choose some pencil pusher. Yeah, there were some flaws in the storyline, for sure. Yeah. Um, I couldn't really figure. So it was this sort of um, it was this sort of uh, esoteric fight between the modern warfare right. of these you know computers and then his you know one man army. And he had one line that I really loved, and I'll get it wrong, but it was like when they were telling him that this state of the art computer is where warfare is going, is the ultimate weapon, and he said something along the lines of like, "I think the ultimate weapon is the mind." Yeah, and if there's <laughs> and like, anybody, if, if that's your ultimate weapon, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is amazing. He wasn't slaughtered in the first few seconds. Well, the other thing, by the way, is he had arrows. He had arrows that had little bomb heads, exploding tip arrows. Yeah, he would screw the tip onto the arrow before he shot it. There was which, a surprising amount of archery. Well, you know, it reminded me, of course, of another movie that we watched together, which was the Avengers. Yes, and how Arrow guy in that didn't even have the little exploding tips. The he arrow, didn't? No, the arrow guy. Oh, he did. No. He did. No, he doesn't. He does. There's no, a he mem- just has There's a memorable th- scene where he shoots at, at Loki, who's going by on a rocket cycle, the, the god of mischief Loki, and Loki catches the arrow in the middle of the air and gives him a look like, ha, now what are you going to do? And then the arrow explodes. Oh. I, I am so embarrassed that. that I know that. I am, yeah. So encyclopedically, yeah. well, but it's absolutely yeah. well, 100% is what happens. you've a lot, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I love the Captain America poster on your bedroom wall. I don't have one of those. <laughs> um, no, that's fantastic. It's not my... Jeannie must have been so happy when you took down the Smurf one and I, put that up. There was never a Smurf poster on my wall. Uh, but in so any case, in at the, the end the of the climax, movie... climax, yeah. he rescues... This is amazing how many things he could do, of course. In the climax, uh, he rescues the POWs in a, he gets them all into a helicopter. Yeah. Uh, he flies the helicopter, shoots from the helicopter, drops bombs from the helicopter, and then he goes in the back and he has the cart that he pushes with the beverages and the snacks on it. Yeah. He was I mean, amazing. I was riveted during the snack scene because here they were being chased down by a Soviet war helicopter, and there's smoke coming out of it. These POWs are in terrible and shape. He still takes the time to ask them what they want beverage-wise, yeah, if they'd exactly. like to purchase a meal. And he spent like 
20 minutes chopping the ice. Yeah, he did the Which ice chopping they do while on the running airplane. for the Russians. It was Why rude. don't they bring the ice already chopped on the airplane? I think it freezes that way. The first 20 minutes of any flight is... Yeah, but you have to admit, with the soundtrack music and everything, that was riveting in, in Rambo First Blood Oh, Part yeah, when two. he chops the ice, it's fantastic. Yeah. I was really yeah. sad when he got back to the aerial combat. Well, then at one point, uh, the enemy, the Russians are after And then him. one of the POWs turns out to be allergic to peanuts. So he has yeah, to ask awful. everybody else to hand in their bags of peanuts. Right, yeah. You know, and to, then to, they to had to land. That. Yeah, they had to land. They had to land uh, at a small airport where no one knew anybody, and then they, t- t- they took off from there about right. four hours delayed. Yeah. And but he said into the microphone, we can make up a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's he said, easily my favorite part yeah. of the movie. And when they landed, they go, there's no ground crew. There's no ground crew. Where well, it's okay, we? I'll fill the cart myself. Yeah. So uh, at one point, we didn't have anybody filling our carts back in numb. <laughs> when, when we had to get our own peanuts during the big battle with the helicopters. It's a Russian helicopter. Yeah. Um, and no his, reason his, why the Russians were in Vietnam, by the way. No, there was really no explanation for that at yeah. all. Um, they just wanted to do bad stuff, and they figured that was the best place to do it. But his helicopter isn't doing well. It's starting to kind of list and maybe give oh, off smoke, and it's not looking good. Helicopter. And the, the, the Russians are shooting at him and shooting at him. And finally, oh, he gets away from him, but it looks like he's going down. Look, and he goes down. And, and he goes down, but you can't see it. Now the the Russian helicopter comes around some trees, and there is Rock- Lucky's uh, <laughs> helicopter in the river. And Rocky and, dead in the pilot and, seat. And Rocky, well, his eyes are closed in the pilot seat. Right. And there's a hole blown in his window, and his eyes are closed. And for some odd reason, the Russian guy gets close enough. Yeah, and doesn't shoot. Right. I mean, he's got an arsenal on his helicopter, and he's like... But he doesn't like, shoot. Uh, and all I must of a see sudden, what is going on here. Where is he going with this being dead thing? And all of a sudden, Lockheed springs up yeah. and, and, you know, grabs his gun and shoots him. Like, oh, how could I... I, I fell, fell for, for that. that one again. Yeah. I oh. fell for the old playing yeah. dead in the in the cockpit. Yeah. Oh, is my face red right now? And then one of the POWs gets down on all fours behind the Russian guy, and Lockie pushes him over. Yeah. And he falls over the. And then, it Rocky's, was a very... then Rocky's like, "Oh, you have a little stain on your uniform right there." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he flicks his nose. <laughs> yeah. <it's> just... <laughs> uh, right, those Russians—they—they was... they were saps ultimately in this movie. Yeah. Uh, one of the lines that uh, came up a couple of times. Uh, was said by uh, Richard uh, Crenna, who's come a long way since sidestep, sidestep, sidestep. Do you know what that is? Do you see the blank look on my face? I do. <laughs> <laughs> then please tell me the sidestep Richard um, when Crenna thing. Richard Crenna was a young man. He played a, 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 he wasn't a teenager at the time, but he played a teenage boy who had a crush on Lucy Ricardo. And Lucy uh, was trying to teach him to dance so that he could go after a younger girl. Wow. And so when she's teaching him the dance, part of it's sidestep. And, and, and How many of our listeners do you think were laughing knowingly a few minutes ago when you said sidestep, sidestep, sidestep? Uh, hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you were, you were saying, you interrupted yourself. R- Richard Crenna was... All right, so Richard Crenna a couple of times says to the, the, the mean bureaucrat guy, he says, what some people call hell. He's describing John Rambo. And his character. He said, what some people call hell, he calls home. Yeah, that was a confusing line. And I would line. have to say, really? Has he had to argue with the teenage boy about video games? That's hell. 
<laughs> that, that's how this stuff he's doing in Nam. Yeah. Ah, maybe. Yeah. Walk ah. in the park. Ch- chained to. They did at one point when they tortured him, they used these springs from a box spring. I love this. They stripped all the fabric off a box spring, yeah. propped it up against the wall, hooked it up to some electrodes and a dial that was very uh, meticulously numbered so you knew just how much yeah. electrical bed energy. A- yeah. And <laughs> then they said, just- you, you did not crank X6. We got to seven. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly what they did and they just kept zapping uh zapping rambo yeah yeah uh it turned out it was a sleep number bed oh yeah and uh half of it and the other prisoner with uh, rambo it turned out needed a lot less electricity yeah exactly but the the machine was able to compensate for that which was very impressive yeah he didn't snore the entire time you will get two but you will get eight (laughs) it's such an unfair machine yeah yeah yeah. there was the big torture scene there was a big torture scene and the guy the torturer uh, kept smiling, which I always wonder, is that true? I don't know. Like in real life, to torture a smile? I can't imagine they really love what they do, but... I don't know. In Stuff movies, to, they really do. Yeah. And of course, yeah. the torturer always ends up getting zapped by his own machine. And this movie was no different because ain't nothing about this movie was any different <laughs> yeah. from any other movie gone before it. Um, yeah. So yeah, the torturer ends up against the bed and he gets zapped. I, I think Rambo turns it up to 10. Yeah, and that's the last we see of that guy, I think. Yeah. Not dead. Don't do that. <laughs> that will kill him. But speaking of killing, there was a lot of death. I mean, a lot of Vietnamese people. Well, there was no explanation for why these POWs were in the jungle still. Yeah, there was talk about how they were going to be bargaining chips, and then the U.S., guys like Murdoch, you know, agreed to pay $4 billion and then never did, so these guys were just being kept. But it didn't seem like there was a lot of negotiation going on, and this was 10 years later. And they were apparently just being rotated between various prison camps to work the fields or something. But they weren't doing anything. They were working. They were just... No, they weren't. They were just there on the old bridge over River Kwai set. Yeah, yeah. They, well, it was lying around. They were like, well, it's it's wet in Vietnam, too. Let's just do this. Yeah, it was sort of a combination of films, really. Yeah. Yeah. The, None of them good. There were, there were. It seemed like there were a few visual apocalypse now yeah. references, but they were really lazily done. But like, yeah, let's get a helicopter rising over the sunset kind of thing. Yeah, in the end... He takes this big uh, rapid-fire machine gun thing, and he shoots all the computers as he yells, yes. Adrian! Adrian! He, he might as well be yelling Adrian, but I, but that is important. Like, the computers haven't really let him down in this. I mean, this one guy— I can't figure out what the computers were doing, honestly. Well, they had all these guys working on the computer. What on earth were they doing? And yet one guy would go, well, you know, we found Rambo. He's communicating with us. That's a walkie-talkie. Yeah. That's not, well, that doesn't require well, all that. Well, you missed this detail in your pup tap, uh, Paula oh, Poundstone. They hooked him up with the highest tech equipment in the world, and he was going, like, yeah, well, you know, I prefer the mind because my brain works good. Oh, and, but that's and, how and they get new when where... he jumps out of the plane with this giant thing of, of equipment that was going to help him do this mission that they had actually set him up to fail anyway, it doesn't make sense, but this is what happened. Yeah. When he had Did to he cut himself loose from equipment? the plane, he lost all his equipment. Oh, So I don't know why, what he's blaming the computers for at all. He never even used them. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. That's why it's so important to keep your computer uh, in your leggings. And charged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you keep your computer in your leggings when you travel? Have you seen me wearing leggings, Adam? Not once. <laughs> Not <laughs> There's a, a reason time. for that. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, but you're right near getting your black belt, I understand. I am near getting my black belt, uh, which is why I recognize some of Rambo's moves. Yeah, he had some pretty, pretty sweet moves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could see him mouthing my name occasionally. There was really no, no, not even a nod towards him maybe not killing somebody and just immobilizing somebody. 
it was just like shoot what, an like arrow through his put head. Put it on stun? Yeah. No, no this was, you had to, yeah. I, you know, the, I'll tell you the most amazing thing about the this Rimbo movie is that there's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the thing, and I, I don't want to go into too much detail, but there's been four. This Have was the second four? of now five. And, you know, all right, I don't want to have... What was the name of the actress whose teeth I said something about? Charlize Theron. Okay, I don't want to have another Charlize Theron retraction have to occur. I don't think you had to. Okay, but go ahead. Okay, but here's the thing. Yeah. His nose is like a giant mushroom on his face now. Yeah, he looks really weird. Yeah, and I... I, He looks like somebody who's been repeatedly punched throughout a lifetime. Do you think it's really because he's been punched? Because he hasn't been punched? Those fights aren't real. Well, I think you get fight. I can think you get punched when you're doing a boxing movie. Really? Yeah, I don't I think don't you get punched think hard. So. And uh, maybe it's cocaine. I don't know. But his nose looks Are you weird. A- accusing? Sure, I am. For the sake of <laughs> argument, yes. Sylvester Stallone, come at me. <laughs> Honestly, you know he's probably going to come on the show now. Come on, you big mushroom nose cokehead. Come on, <laughs> Adam Felber's calling you out. You Whoa. won't make it halfway up North Hollywood's Miranda Street before you're, you know, you'll be lucky to get to me. Yeah. Well, he's going to. At which point, I'll just flick your nose, <laughs> and it'll come off. He had his nose. Uh, he, he could, if he were sprayed blue, he could be in the Smurf movie. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and then I'd love it because he'd be like the posters on my wall. All right. So, Paula, this is the part where we have to uh, decide. Oh, if people should go see the Rambo movie? If people should rent. It's coming out for home video. That's not hard to decide. Well, we don't know until we've both voted. All right. You first. I'm going to say a hard pass. I'm going to say a hard pass, too. This is obviously going to be a piece of shit. Don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. They won't even be able to make him as shiny. No. He was very shiny in that movie. Very shiny, but there's no way he's that shiny. Well, anymore. there's no way he's in that kind of shape anymore. I mean, that's both the shape of of a, a younger man. Yeah. And let's face it, that was not just in baseball, but in general, the steroid era. It was a ridiculous amount of of over muscled He Man Masters of the Universe kind of yeah. re- greased up. It was uh, it was crap. It was Rambo first juicing. <laughs> <laughs> You drank first juice. <laughs> well, there it is, ladies there and gentlemen. Don't, uh, don't, don't, don't waste your Thanksgiving watching. Don't truckle with. <laughs> don't, don't, don't truckle to Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> don't truckle to Rambo. Yes, go, go see Ninth Blood if they make it. The cat of the week is Leon from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. <laughs> Hey, so Paula, uh, once the turkey is cleared off the table, where are you going to be performing? Oh, I hate self-promotion. I know you I'm do. I'm sorry, but I really can't do it, especially okay, at Thanksgiving. Well, I won't make you do it then. I'll be uh, in Annapolis, Maryland on December 6th at the Rams Head on stage. They've added a second show because it seats 50 people. <laughs> and I'll be in San Francisco at New Year's Eve at the Sydney Goldstein Theater that used to be the Norse. But now it's the Sydney Goldstein. I'm there, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is when you're going to be there? I'm going to be there on New Year's Eve. It used to, be the, used to be the Norse, and now it's the it Sydney Goldstein. It was the Norse. It ain't anymore. Yeah. Don't now go looking for the Norse. Yeah. Sydney Goldstein Theater yeah. in San Francisco. That's Theater. where I'm going to be. Yeah. In the, on New Year's Eve. Can't wait. You've done that before. Do you go all the way to the countdown? Like, is it a 10 o'clock show and you no. count back? No. It's like an 8 o'clock show and then you say goodnight, everybody? That's exactly right. Okay. Y'all can count down on your own. So they go home. They don't hang I, around at I the former Norse I can't speak to where theater. every audience member goes after my show. No, but they, they don't keep the theater open. 
Not to the best of my knowledge. Your fans are going to need other plans for the dropping of the ball. I can't. Yeah. You don't think maybe I'm you could invite them over to your hotel room? I'm only for the couple of hours that they're with me. I don't After know. After that, it's New they Year's go, Eve. they do They've whatever they pa- do. They pay to some, see you on New Year's some Eve. Some drink a tall glass of instant breakfast. Some drive home right away. I don't know. It's not up to me. I feel like you should take a little more responsibility for your fans. <laughs> Many will stay around uh, at the meet and greet afterwards, uh, hoping uh, against hope uh, to be able to purchase a Poundstone Pussy Pillow. Oh, yeah, those Poundstone Pussy Pillows, they're selling pretty well, I think. They're going like hotcakes. Yeah, now, for those of you who don't know, Paula uh, kind of came into so she doesn't want to brag, but she came into some catnip uh, a few <laughs> couple months ago, and she decided to, uh, uh, you know, when life gives you catnip, make catnip toys. That's what that's and, what we've been doing. We're making you, catnip toys. Little cat joke on one side, and on the other side, I'm able to. Uh, of course, there are little pillows filled with catnip, and on a, a grommet, uh, so that you could drag the catnip toy around if you wanted to. Oh wow! I'm and strange. then on the other side, I can autograph it to your cat. Because you're in only particular. selling them at the moment at your shows. Yes. Right. Pretty soon they're going to be on our website. They are going to be on our website. Because the website's about to launch. It's yeah. any day now. Yeah. And uh, and the, the Poundstone Pussy Pillows will be for sale on them. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be great. I'm looking forward to that. It might even be happening by the time we're on air. It's happening. It's happening. Okay. It's happening okay. soon. According to climate scientists, we have 10 years and seven weeks until the Earth begins to become uninhabitable. <laughs> Nobody's. Remember, our email address again is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can find my remarkably soft Tri Poly Blend t shirt with the self portrait on the left breast and memorable quote on the back at paulapoundstone.com. Now, Paula, I know this is not our Thanksgiving special. It's not billed as that, but it is Thanksgiving. Is there anything in particular this year, 2019, going into Thanksgiving that you are thankful for? Oh, Heath bars. Heath bars. Yeah. The thing that came into your life to fill in some small way the void left behind by Butterfingers. That is correct. Wow. That's, that's great. I was going to say this podcast, but okay. On we go. That's our show. The little Heath bars. They're really good. Yeah. Okay. That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Sylvester Stallone, Kendall Lizebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Longo Chu. Security muscles provided by Tyler, the Studio City behemoth Burke, who says, Sylvester Stallone, I could kick your ass. (laughs) Transcription services for this show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Hey, I'm, I'm dead here in this helicopter. You don't have to worry about me. Look at me, I'm dead. Probably could just uh, walk away without uh, just shooting another shot. Just, uh, just, just a dead guy in a helicopter. He seems to be dead. Yeah, oh yeah, totally dead, totally dead. You don't need to fire at all. Aha! Let's <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show... 
Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but (laughs) you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code.